1: listening to yoga off the mat podcast with amber hagberg and i am so excited to be back this is episode number 41 if you've been listening in to previous episodes you know that i was on my sacred pause maternity leave And in that time, I had pre-recorded some juicy episodes with entrepreneurial women from literally around the world, paving a new path. Women dedicated to helping other people change their lives. Whether it was a health coach, a stress management coach, someone that really allowed women to get back into the embodiment of feeling Or life coach, business coach. It was incredible. If you haven't got a chance to listen in, I highly recommend going back. But wherever you're at today, I'm so excited to share with you Amani's birth story, the birth of my son. Oh my goodness, this was one of the deepest initiations I've been on in my life. I feel like as a leader and a teacher, My mission in this life is to go through the hard freaking things and then to share and talk about them later. Because when we least expect it, things happen in a way we couldn't imagine, we couldn't have planned because it was so far from what we desired or wanted. So I'm sitting here tonight recording this episode just over the moon grateful and in love and one day before my birthday. This is and has been the greatest year and the biggest blessing of my life. But it wasn't easy to get here. I know for some women, they don't like being pregnant, they're sick, things are just not fun. But for me, I loved being pregnant. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know, like I struggled with body image and getting bigger was daunting. But I never felt so damn freaking sexy than when I was pregnant. I was just really rocking it. I I embraced it all and I loved every moment. And I remember leading up into the days until he was born, just not really even being able to put my mind around birth. And so I had this dream this goal, this desire to have a beautiful home birth. I'm not one of hospitals and doctors and the traditional medicine way. We got a bathtub. My partner Harrison built me an outdoor bathroom so that I could be in nature. We got hot water. Yes, in Costa Rica, hot water is a specialty and it's something that I've been without for six and a half years. But going to give birth, you need hot water and having a son, you don't want to burn them in cold freezing water. So we upgraded, we got a bathtub to have a home water birth. I hired a doctor and a doula, the doula being one of my dearest, greatest, bestest friends. And I had been listening to many like hypnobirthing meditations on YouTube practicing them doing birthing visualizations and breathing exercises and you know me like I would literally just buy a trip uh, a flight to India and I wouldn't even like plan what I was going to do when I got there I just booked it <laughs> and I would just go for it and so I kind of did this with birth thinking like I know how to breathe I have my mantras I was doing yoga almost every day, surfing up into seven and a half months pregnant, lifting weights and doing squats and walking up until the day he was born. Like, I was fit. I was strong. I had a really good meditation practice. And I don't think that I could have prepared myself anymore. But I did also have this correlation, like I was preparing for birth in the same way I'd prepared to go to a country. I just trusted. And I really had so much faith in my body and the, the, the capability of women's bodies. Like, I just birthed this human inside of me, created this human inside of me. Like, what do you mean I can't birth or I need to study or learn how? But I did. I read a couple books preparing for birth, the birth, and then post-birth what to expect afterwards when you have this newborn here and so it was March 11th when I went to a sound bath healing and I went to the bathroom beforehand because you know if you've ever been pregnant (laughs) when you gotta pee you always gotta pee And um, I had started bleeding. And it was like a little bit brown, you know, discharge. And I was like, Oh, what is this? Something's happening. So I go and tell my friend who's also super duper pregnant. She's due on uh, March 29th, And so uh, uh, Oh, my God, it's happening. And so you know, the women in there, there was a bunch of moms and we're all giddy, like maybe Amber's gonna give birth during this class. And so That was that. And then throughout the weekend, it kind of slowed down. Nothing, nothing really happened. I did get a little crampy on Sunday, um, but the blood had subsided. And then on the 14th, my dearest friend's daughter's birthday was happening. And I just felt called to stay inside. I was like, "Mm, I don't really want to go. I'm tired. I need to stay inside. So instead my partner here and I, we went and got ice cream and we went to bed. And I remember waking up around midnight and feeling like I had cramps. It was really, really crampy. And every time I would go pee in the middle of the night, I'd always like check, is there blood? <laughs> it was just something I always did just like for any sign. And uh, so, okay, no blood, go back to bed. And those were like three hours. And then I woke up at 3am and there was blood and the cramping was getting worse. And I was like, Oh no, what is this? So I took a picture. I sent it to my doula. I sent it to my doctor and my doula responded to my phone call and my doctor hadn't yet. And she's like, Oh yeah, this is the cervix. You know, I think, I think it could be starting. And so I was like, it was 3am so tired. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to go back to sleep. But the cramping was pretty bad. Um, and so I laid down and I was like, okay, go to sleep. And so I was able to fall asleep until about 6am. And then at 6am it was like, Ooh, it's strong. So I grabbed my birthing ball and I was rolling forward and back and breathing four counts in six counts out and just really going inside into this like meditative state. And the contractions were starting to pick up. I I wasn't counting, but um Harrison was, and they were still pretty like ten minutes apart or so. And I did that for a while, and then my doula ended up calling and being like, "Hey, how are things going?" She talked to Harrison. She hadn't talked to me, and everything was fine. I was I I had made breakfast the night before, a little bit of oatmeal with um spirulina and chia seeds, almond milk. And so I was like, well, I should eat now. And so I ate that. And then my doctor called and I answered and we chatted for a minute and the contractions weren't bad, but it wasn't to a point, like I wasn't able to fall back asleep. So what I would do is I just rock on my ball when they came and then I would lay down on my side um, when they passed. And then after some time, I was like, I want to go into the bedroom so I went into my bedroom we lit candles and I just lay I just like bounced along my ball and chanted my mantra I birthed my baby boy with ease and grace and I just kept repeating that to myself and then I remember around 3 p.m the doctor had came over this is when my contractions were about every three minutes Uh, my doula and uh harrison were here they were out in the other room every now and again they would come into the bedroom and give me exactly what i needed whether they had a straw with fresh coconut water that they would give me or a little bit of food maybe a massage hot water pack on my low back they would just be little fairies they would sprinkle in the room at times and then go away so yeah 3 p.m my doctor got here and he's like let's check you." and I was like okay and um so he checked my cervix and was like oh you're about three centimeters dilated and that's when I was like oh well I've been here for 12 hours now and I'm only to three It was really a letdown. And I remember before I had been watching these birth birthing videos on YouTube, thinking, Do I actually wanna know? And most of the women in these YouTube videos that I would watch were like, the second baby I just didn't want to know. And so I got it. That moment, as soon as he told me, like, You're only a three, I my whole world inside crumbled. I was like, Oh, we got a while ago. So I was like, Okay, I need to change what I'm doing. So I got up and I started walking around. And when t- contractions would come, instead of using my ball, I would lean up against a wall. And I always remember, like, when the contractions come, keep your mouth open, your jaw relaxed. That was like the remembrance. Okay, the vagina is in the shape of the mouth. So if the jaw is clenched, the vagina is going to be clenched. So I would always relax down there. And. So that went on for some time. And then Harrison came in the room um, when I was walking around. I was like, you know, the doctor says, like, rest, don't overdo it. Um, So then I lay down. It started to get dark around 6 p.m. This is when things start to get a little hazy. I'm not exactly 100% sure of times. But the next time that the doctor checked me i was a six and this was several hours later probably about 10 p.m so right you know seven hours later and i'm only to six and i'm like oh we got a ways to go but i was just with my ball i was with my breath and i was just okay let's do this i hadn't really been eating a lot they've been feeding me with you know coconut water they really were just angels i remember just being so grateful they would light my incense in the room. I had lavender essential oil going, hot water packs. Yeah, just someone to lean on when I needed them. Sometime into the night, um, the doctor wanted to break my water. My My water still hadn't broken. It's something that we didn't discuss um, beforehand and something that I didn't know, like the positives and negatives And so I was like, yeah, anything to speed this up. Let's do it. (laughs) Um, And so I remember going into the bathtub and him breaking my water and it just being like this gush of like waterfall. And I was like, oh, it was such a relief. Oh, it felt so good. And so from that point on, contractions really started to get intense, really intense. I remember thinking before, before I was giving birth, like, am I going to be a screamer? Like, I've never been one to really use my voice. And let me tell you, I was using my voice. (laughs) Um, It really helped to release. It got to be pretty intense. And I remember at one point, um, my doula came into the room and she says to me, like, if you need to cry, you can cry. If you need to let anything out, you can let it out. And I just started weeping, crying so hard. Cry, 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 cry. Um, so it was about the middle of the night the doctor got in his car took a nap Harrison like pulled out of bed and laid down tried to nap and my doula uh, laid in my bed with me Um, and then she and Harrison would alternate this was the time where yeah I was pretty vocal and it was really really intense and so that went through the night of really deep strong contractions and then I remember really early in the morning the doc being like okay let's check in that's when they said okay you were like fully dilated I think it's time to push and so we go out we get into the bathtub and yeah the doctor had got me really excited he's like any moment Amani's gonna be here I can feel his head and it was like oh his head is here we did it we made it we're like about to meet Amani and it was really emotional it was like okay just a few more pushes like that and Amani's gonna be here and we were like getting all hyped up and you know the doctor was doing his thing and we were pushing and pushing and Amani wasn't coming and I was just like why are you getting me so excited like every time I push he's not there and I don't feel him coming down and so after some time, it was like, okay, let's take a break. This isn't working. And I just remember being really frustrated. Like, is he lying to me? Like, why does he say he's gonna be here and he didn't come? So then I took a break, I went into the room, and you know, the contractions actually started to slow down some. I think that the womb was getting tired because they were less consistent. And so, yeah, they were still there and they were still really strong. We're going in and out of this for some time. And then I think about 10 a.m., you know, give or take, we decided, like, let's push some more. And we pushed, we pushed and nothing happened. And then I remember just sitting in the bathtub, like, hanging out. And then I asked my, my doula, like, How did you push? How did you get your daughter here? I remember you said you pulled on something. And so she did this with a partner where the partner holds the rope and you hold the rope. And then as you exhale, you sit down into a squat and pull on the rope. So I was like, let's try that. Um, and so we came into the bedroom and we tried that and I was like, oh, the doctor's like, yeah, you're like even more dilated. I think this is working like a lot. And so we did that for a while. Like I can't remember how long, um, time was a blur. I was really in this like daisy state. I didn't realize it then because I was super present, but the next like coming home was when I really realized the state that I was in. And so, so we tried this and that didn't work. And then I just remember the next time we went out to go and push, Harrison was a little, like, frustrated. Like, come on, Amber, we got to do this. This has to happen now or or something. And I was like, what? Like, he was like making me feel like we were in a hurry. And then that's when, you know, the doctor had said, "Um, if baby doesn't come within an hour, we're going to have to think about plan B. And I was so angry because when I asked my doctor, like, what's plan B? What's the emergency? He's like, oh, that rarely ever happens. So we never talked about it. So I had no idea that there were things that would happen along the way. And, you know, just reflecting back now, there's so much more education I have when it comes to choosing um, my doctor for the next baby, for sure, um, because it was a surprise. But yeah so one hour c-section i was like oh my god no way and so i was like okay let's go all in and it was at that exact moment my doula said hey you know katie katie is my dear friend who's who had a baby on the 26th of march as well um said her doula could come by her doula, her doula thinks that, you know, her midwife could come by and her midwife thinks that like, she could help you. Do you want her to come? That's when I was like, I don't know. Like, what's the doctor think? I only have one hour. What should we do? And so first I said, no. And then I was like, okay, doctor, like, do you mind if this woman comes over and like helps? Like, I want all the options that I can have, like, and hopefully Imani comes before then. And like, let's just push until she gets here. And so we push, we push, we push. And I was like, you know doctor is this working are we progressing and he's like yeah a little bit but not really and it was interesting because before I went into birth I was um talking with my doula and we had been listening to podcasts you know um especially her that she had introduced me to this podcast like we don't actually need to push like the contractions is your body naturally pushing and um, we are in the society where we think we need to push but actually the body will push for you and so she's like you know amber if you don't have that feeling like don't push that's just gonna make you more tired so conserve your energy and that's when i was like okay i'm not gonna push i'm gonna wait for the midwife to come And let me just tell you, when the midwife came, she came and she came up in here with a force to be reckoned with. She was so powerful, hugging me and just rooting me on and cheering me on. and Just like, you're doing this. And like, here I am. And so she went through several different things with me, some positioning, finding out where baby was, seeing if I was in the right position and really just analyzing the situation, talking to the doctor, talking to Harrison, talking to my doula, talking to me and really getting like, you know, the 4 where are we at? Um, this was what, 30 hours, 40 hours into labor. And so we tried, but there was something happening where he was just kind of stuck in that position and. Her recommendation was we all just needed to go to sleep, to rest, to take some time out and um, let my body recharge as well as like everyone here was tired and, you know, running off of coffee and no sleep. Um, and so that is when we had decided it was plan B and my duel is like, how do you feel? how do you feel about this? And I was like, no, like, this isn't an option. I didn't choose this. This isn't what I want. And, you know, I talked to the midwife, like, what, what can I do? And so we went through options, ABC and, you know, my partner Harrison was really worried, wondering, you know, (laughs) if if we're going to be okay. Uh, And so that's when the doula and midwife started packing my bags because, well, you know, Amber didn't have a plan B. She didn't have a backpack. She didn't have a hospital bag. And so there they were packing my things up and preparing me to go to the hospital. And then me, Harrison and Canelo, dog in the back, um, go 40 minutes to Cortez. Um, Harrison driving so freaking fast. Um, we arrived to the hospital and um, yeah, we tried to give a birth there and they're like, he's not coming down. We need to section And they didn't tell me that. <laughs> they were preparing me for surgery and I was like, hi, can you guys tell me what's going on here as they're shaving me and asking when I ate and these different things. And that's when, you know, then they told me, they told me what was happening. And so I surrendered. And the sad part about it is, you know, here in Costa Rica, COVID's still a thing. So I was alone. Um, Harrison was outside. But he did get a wait in and meet Amani. Amani came on December 16th, and so funny, you know, like Tuesday morning when I woke up at 3 a.m. on the fifteenth, I was like, oh, my my baby's gonna come on my brother's birthday. And he actually ended up coming on December, or December, March 16th um, at 10.58 p.m. So, you know, 40, 40, 40, 42 hours of laboring and then ended in the C-section. I just, yeah, I woke up that that morning, um, was able to meet my son. He was sitting there waiting for me on the bed, and I spent two days in, in the hospital, and there was a lot of tears especially on the 18th, the full moon, um, when all the women were flooding in giving birth and I was just grieving my, my home birth. And finally on Saturday, um, I was able to make it home to be with, um, Harrison and sleep with Imani and to to be the three of us. And I grieved and I cried and I spent the next two weeks really processing with my doula and yeah still processing now and really what's coming mind and coming forward is you know life's initiations death the loss of a love the ending of a relationship the ending of a career a redirection that you can't imagine the initiations that life bring forward and to us we don't get to choose them And I know that there's so much coming from this birthing experience out and through me that it's not something that I got to choose, but it's rather like something that life is preparing me for. And the same thing happened to me when I came out about my miscarriage or my eating disorder. It's like, Oh, that happened to me too. That happened to me too. And the more I share about the C-section, the more I realize. So many of my yogi friends, so many of my healer friends, so many doulas, so many people that I know had a challenging birth. It's like, you wouldn't think it would happen to quote unquote them, right? Like how much more could prepared could someone be? You know, I've sat 10 days in silent meditations just with my breath. And yet we don't get to choose the lessons that come through. And so as I sit here, I'm just like, okay, how can I walk myself through this? How can I lead myself through something that happened and really allow this to be a lesson? Something that I can look back and be like, what could I have done differently and how can I walk forward and through? And in looking at the positive, you know, my son, he's here and he's healthy and he's cute and he's adorable. And everything I dreamed it to be. And yet, I'm still grieving. What I desired, what I planned for, what I envisioned. I birthed my baby boy with ease and grace. Where the heck is the grace and the ease in that story? And then it's so bizarre that the midwife, you know, Amber, grace is your superpower. My friends, wow, you're really doing this with such grace. You're going into motherhood so gracefully. And this word grace just kept coming and coming as I got home. And I'm like, wait a minute. This is not what I thought grace looked like. This is not what I pictured when I created my mantra for my birth. And yet here it is coming in a different way than I had planned or envisioned. And so I think to myself, how can I be a graceful leader? How do I walk myself through this? Am I going to choose to be a victim to my story or allow this to expand and crack my heart open? Already done, Imani's here. (laughs) And so the best part about this story is that that doesn't mean I can't have a vaginal birth in the future. And that doesn't mean that I'm not enough because that's what I was making it mean. And so if you're going through something, my invitation for you is what are you you making it mean? Because me not being enough, not worthy of, is a lie. A lie I was telling myself. And so what lies are you telling yourself that simply just aren't true? I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what you're feeling, what you're thinking post this story. I haven't talked about it much. I've shared a little here and there on Instagram, but not so much the full story to many people. So I would love to hear from you. Reach out to me on Instagram if you don't already follow me at Amber Hagberg. I have some really exciting things coming up. I would love to have you be a part of the little project creation that's birthing through me right now post baby is the ability to radiate if you're someone that is like in this people pleasing perfectionism gotta be perfect gotta be ready i want to do this but i don't know if i can but you know that you can deep underneath you're like i'm ready to do it i want confidence i want to radiate reach out to me i have a three-week epic program coming up for the woman that's really ready to walk down the street like she knows she got it. To really be beaming from the inside out, creating an inner glow that shines so bright. That's done with saying yes to other people. Done with letting it be perfect and ready to take messy action moving forward. Just shoot me a message on Instagram. Radiate. Radiate. Share with me what you're feeling, what you're thinking, and would love to have the conversation open with you. I'm so excited to be back. The birthing portal has ignited many different things for me, but just to recap, how are you walking yourself through when things don't go the way you planned? How can you do that with grace and ease? And if something's troubling you right now, what are you making it mean about you? Because I just want to call bullshit. And remember, don't take things so personally. It's so good to be back. And I look forward to connecting with you on the gram. We'll see you, catch
0: you in the next episode. And I want to thank you. I really appreciate you tuning in and listening to this podcast. It's an honor to know that people are listening and gaining value while generating their own insights. For more actionable tools and practices, head over to my Facebook group, www.facebook.com groups slash yoga for inner peace. To learn more practices that you can put into your toolbox to reduce stress, build confidence, and create a community of other women who are like you wanting to better their lives, to better their communities. Thank you again for being here. And if you're on social, post a photo of you listening to this and tag me, Amber Hagberg, so we can hang out online and continue growing this relationship, first from the inside and then from the outside. I'll see you on the next episode.